Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. One week from today, Wisconsinites will head to the polls to cast their ballots in one of the most influential primary elections in the nation. The race for Wisconsin's next Supreme Court justice will decide the ideological makeup of the court and the future of controversial issues like abortion and redistricting. To learn more about the importance of this election, Lake Effect's Joy Powers is joined by Paul Nolette, an associate professor of political science and chair of the department at Marquette University. The Wisconsin Supreme Court race is being called by some the most consequential election of the year. And there's good reason the person who's elected could have a major impact on a variety of contentious issues in the state. But I think there's still some confusion among voters about really what a state Supreme Court does. So if we can dig into that just a bit, what is the jurisdiction of the Wisconsin Supreme Court? So the Wisconsin Supreme Court has the final say, in fact, on a lot of state issues. And that includes, importantly, interpretation of the Wisconsin state constitution, interpretation of Wisconsin state laws, and reviewing the actions of other state officials, like governors and agency officials at the state and local level. So there's a lot of importance here by the state Supreme Court. Much of it, you know, like if they're interpreting the Wisconsin state constitution, that can't be appealed to the federal courts. So the Wisconsin state Supreme Court on a lot of things is, in fact, the final say. That gets to, I think, some of the issues that are at stake in this election. We'll get to that in just a moment. But when we look at the last couple of years, there have been some major decisions by this court that have had a direct impact on the people of Wisconsin. What are some of the decisions they've had over the last couple of years that people would remember? Yes. And so one of the most consequential set of opinions over the last couple of years, and I think also moving forward, this will be a very important area, is in elections and election administration. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court had a number of opinions pertaining to the election rules put into place during the COVID-19 crisis. So some of the early days of that crisis, uh, when in fact there was a Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court race in that early period as well. And then thinking about the 2020 elections. And also when it comes to gerrymandering, so redistricting and producing the lines on the state level as well as you know U.S. Congress level lines, the Supreme Court also upheld those and, and what the Republicans in the state legislature had put forward. And so those redistricting lines have had a huge impact on elections. And many would argue, and there's certainly a lot of evidence for this, that that's locked in almost a permanent majority for Republicans at the state level, those lines that they created. So the the court has had a tremendous impact on elections itself. These decisions have almost exclusively been looked at through a partisan lens. But of course, this is in theory a nonpartisan race. What does that really look like? We do know the ideological leanings of these justices. Yes. And the key word there or key phrase is in theory, this is nonpartisan. In fact, the parties are very much involved in this race on the Democratic or liberal side and the Republican 
conservative side. And so two of the candidates in this race, primaries coming up in February, the uh, general election in April, two of the candidates are conservative, two are liberal. And there's expected to be a lot of spending here from both sides and on a very partisan basis. So even though technically this is a nonpartisan race, you're not going to see a D or an R next to the candidates' names. They very much have ideological perspectives and they are supported by their respective parties. It is important to note that they will not have, as you mentioned, a D or an R or an I or anything next to their names. And as a result of this, we may end up in a general election where the ballot has two liberal judges, where it has two conservative judges. Mm -hmm. That is possible. Um, Since we have four candidates, two on the conservative, two on the liberal side, it's possible that it'll be an all liberal or all conservative election. That would be interesting if that happened, because one might think that even if they share a lot of ideological commitments, there'll be some movement to try to get the other half of the electorate and maybe make some moves in that direction. I mean, I think the most likely outcome would be to have a conservative and a liberal as, you know, the candidates jockey for support. And on the conservative side, you know, someone gets the upper hand, perhaps, and on the liberal side as well. But anything can happen here because I would expect that the turnout is going to be certainly much lower than a presidential election. And in fact, even lower than the last couple Supreme Court elections, at least. So there's a lot of uncertainty in this race. Sure. Now, let's get into a few of the big cases that could be decided by this justice. And let's start here. Many people are concerned about abortion. Uh, The legal challenge over Wisconsin's criminal abortion ban is set to go in front of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. What's at stake in this case? Yes. And so this is referring to the 19th century Wisconsin law that for all intents and purposes, banned abortion. I mean, very strict law. And that's still on the books. And yet it hasn't been operative because Roe versus Wade had been decided by the U.S. Supreme Court. But 49 years later, with the Dobbs decision this past summer, uh, the Supreme Court, of course, overruled Roe versus Wade. And so one of the legal questions now is whether this statute, which is very, very old, over 150 years old, whether that goes into effect and what sort of effect does it have? And so a lot of state officials will have some say in this, um, thinking about the attorney general, governor, the legislature. However, the Wisconsin Supreme Court is really instrumental in deciding what the current status, the current legality of this abortion ban is. And so this is, without a question, one of the most important races for the issue of abortion that's happening across the entire country this, this year. When I've talked to voters about the issues that are motivating them the most, abortion is front and center. But the other one a lot of people have talked about is redistricting. It's gerrymandering, which many view as an existential threat to our democracy. What is the legal challenge to redistricting right now in the state of Wisconsin? So this was an area, as we spoke of before, that the court's had largely let um, the Republican redistricting go into effect for these elections, these recent elections. However, there's still a number of challenges and potential challenges to these district lines under the Wisconsin Constitution uh, that could proceed and with a much greater likelihood of success if 
liberals have control of the court, which right now there's a four to three majority for conservatives largely. And so this very well could determine whether those Republican lines that may have locked in a permanent Republican majority, whether those lines are still valid. And if they're invalid and new lines have to be created by the legislature or by the courts themselves, then this could have an absolutely dramatic impact on elections in Wisconsin, certainly at the state level, thinking about the state legislature. And so Democrats in particular have a lot of attention on this race, given that this is probably their best shot, this Supreme Court race, at breaking the majority that the Republicans hold in both the Senate and the Assembly at the state level. Aside from redistricting, it seems like there are still some questions over essentially the power of the executive. When Tony Evers was elected and then, of course, re-elected, uh, there was an effort to mute his power as governor. Are there still questions up for debate that are in front of the Supreme Court, the Wisconsin Supreme Court? There are. So one sort of broader category of issues dealing with the executive has to do with agency power. And this was a big thing during the a lot of the COVID restrictions and so forth. Now, you know, we didn't predict COVID happening in 2020. There are undoubtedly other emergencies that will come up. So when it comes to the emergency power of the governor or other executive agencies, that's going to be a really important question for the Supreme Court to answer. So whatever crises are in front of us uh, in the next few years, the Supreme Court's going to have a big role there. Now, what you referred to in terms of the so-called lame duck law, both the governor and the attorney general, both statewide elected and both elected Democrats, had their powers dramatically restricted in several ways by the Republican legislature. One example that I'll give you that is a pending legal question actually has to do with the state attorney general and the AG's ability to settle civil lawsuits. So a number of lawsuits with corporations, maybe dealing with environmental issues or consumer protection issues, involving sometimes millions of dollars, there's a restriction on the AG where they have to go to the state legislature to get approval for these settlements. AG has hated it from day one. And it's still a question and a question that the Supreme Court will deal with whether that restriction is still allowed. So this is a, a another legal question pertaining to the powers of the executive broadly that the Supreme Court will play a very important role in. So a lot of different cases that could be decided based on the ideological leanings of this justice. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'll say this. I mean, politics and law are different. Um, they're not synonymous. And I, I do think that judges and justices take their role seriously to look at the evidence and look at the law as fairly as possible. But it's undoubted, undoubtedly the case that particularly in highly charged hot button issues, that political views, ideological views play some role in decision making. Um, and we've even seen that in, there's been a lot of empirical research, both at the federal level, even here in Wisconsin at the state level for ideological positioning of judges. And that makes a difference. I mean, it, it makes a difference in, in the cases. And so this race 
you know, there's a reason why Republicans and Democrats are pouring a lot of money into this race, because it's not only going to decide the balance of power between conservatives and liberals on the court, but it'll make a big difference ideologically about where the state goes policy-wise. For sure. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on Lake Effect. Thanks for having me. Paul Nolet is an associate professor of political science and the chair of the department at Marquette University. He spoke with Lake Effect's Joy Powers. You can find information about the state Supreme Court candidates and information on how to vote at wuwm.com slash voter guide. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast. 